Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Do you think that God has a plan for us? That's a good question. It's a question that many of us ask. I think we ask it most when we're having trouble in life. We want to say, oh, my God, is is this what you have in store for me? Well, I'm here with Pastor Brian Serrani of the Calvary Chapel Mountainside Church, and we are going to discuss exactly that. How did we get here? Is this part of God's plan? And I'm going to start off by telling you how I got here. You know, Pastor Brian, when people would ask me, how did you get here? I would say, dumb luck. (laughs) Well, that probably on the surface would be true, but once you understand and believe with faith that God has a plan for not only you but for the world, uh, then you start to see all of the little pieces that fell into place that brought you from one, one location to another location or had you do certain things along the way, and then you look at yourself where you are today and say, you know, I am here not by dumb luck. I am here because God had a plan for me. When it comes to myself, uh, I used to fly. I had an airplane, and I was looking for a place when I was practicing in South Florida. I was looking for a place to go in the mountains uh, for vacation, and so I took out a map, a, a an air, aircraft map, and I drew a four-hour time radius around Fort Lauderdale International Airport, and I looked in the mountains for airports that I might be able to land in. And there was only one, and it was the one in Cherokee County, North Carolina. And so I, one Saturday morning, or actually what I did is I called up my local Century 21 uh, office, and I said, do you have an office in Murphy, North Carolina? And they said, I never heard of that place, but (laughs) but I'll take a look. And so about a half an hour later, I got a call back from a gentleman of Century 21 in Murphy, North Carolina. He introduced himself, and I says, well, uh, Bob, I'm going to be flying up in my airplane on uh, next Saturday morning. Uh, Would you meet me at the airport around 11 o'clock, and uh, I'd like to buy some land. Well, I didn't know anything about Murphy, North Carolina or Cherokee County. I got in my plane, I flew up here, and he met me. And that morning, I went around, looked in the land, and the next morning, and I decided, well, there were some acreage that I thought was really neat, and I bought it. I got back in my plane and went back to Florida. <laughs> and that's, I didn't know the first thing about Cherokee County, but after I started coming up, I realized what an incredible place it was, and I opened an office to practice ophthalmology here, and I'm still here 30 years later. That was in 1983, 
And to this day, I'm still here, and I love it here. Well, I bet c- things have changed a lot. Things have changed, but I was going to say that you couldn't get me out of here with a stick of dynamite. I yeah. absolutely love it here. But things have changed. When I came to Murphy, there were two traffic lights and one blinking light. There was no Walmart. I think the best place to eat in town was McDonald's. There was also a restaurant called the Oak Barrel uh, downtown, which was uh, highly recommended at that time. But it was a, it was different in many ways, but fortunately, it is still the same in very many ways. It's a, And so I found the place here that I've always wanted to live since I was since I was a child. I wanted to come back to the rural area where I, like where I grew up and the mountains. So when I say that I came here by dumb luck, I now know, looking back over the last 30 years, that there wasn't any luck involved, that everything that happened was supposed to happen. I look at my friends, people I know, the things that I've done and accomplished here, and uh, there was God's hand in that. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Pastor Brian? <laughs> wow, yeah. My, um, my experience is a little different than yours. Um, I don't know how to fly a plane, but uh, for me, um, it was uh, it was a, a total God thing. And I hear I meet people all the time, and they'll tell me, and I hear them say, uh, you know, I'll ask them, "How'd you get here?" And they say, "God, God got me here." I hear that a lot, and then I hear people say, "I just love the mountains. We vacationed here for years," and um, I hear people say, "Boy, when I'm in the mountains, I just feel alive. This is God's country." I hear like you know, like God has a country or something, and then. And then he, you know, this is it. If it, God would come, he'd live in Murphy, of course, if he'd, you know, show up. And I hear all these things. And uh, my, my, my experience was totally different. I wanted nothing to do with Murphy, North Carolina, uh, with Cherokee County, with any of that. Uh, but God was doing something in my life that uh, through uh, not so much dumb luck – uh, brought me here. You know, I heard that many times uh, the stereotypical evangelist would say, God has a plan for your life, you know. Um, and, and we can make fun of that. And I think a lot of people do because they've heard it so often. But it's just true. It's just true. God has a plan for our life. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in a karma, as a lot of people like to say. I don't believe um, in, uh, in dumb luck. I believe that God has a plan. And I believe that he works in our lives and through our lives in various circumstances. And that includes the good and the bad. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 8 that says, All things work together for those who love God, for those who are the called according to his purpose. And I believe that. I believe God will work all things together for good. Um, and, and, and yes, our good in a way, but I would say for his good and for his glory because he knows what's going on. So even in the bad stuff, God is at work. And sometimes that's hard to see, right? That's hard to see. But uh, my, my story is I was in, in Fort Lauderdale. I was at, on staff at a church, and I, I really believe God began to do some things in my life. And my wife and I began to ask each other some – we got in these spiritual conversations, some pretty deep stuff, and we were asking each other different questions. And I remember um, asking her – uh, one day I came home from work and I said, you know, um, do you think you're at a place in your faith where the worst possible thing that you could imagine could happen in your life and your faith would still be strong? And she looked at me and she was like, what are you going to say? What are you trying to say to me? What's happening? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just hypothetical. Are, are we there? Are we at a place in our faith and our walk with God that we could take anything that could be thrown at us? 
And then uh, some crazy things started getting thrown at us, and God, God put us in kind of a, a, a tailspin. And, um, and then God began to kind of speak to both of us that he, he had something else for us. And, and, and you, when I say that God began to speak, you know, that's an open-ended kind of thing. Well, God speaks? Yeah, God speaks today. He still does. Well, how does he speak? You know, has he got a low voice? Has he got a high voice? Does he shout? What, how does he do that? And a lot of people um, look at that differently, you know, depending on what your upbringing is, what your background is. How does God speak to us? Um, well, for me, it's three things. And, and, and when I counsel with people who are making big decisions in their lives, and they're saying, I don't know what to do. There are three things for me um, that have to line up. And if these three things line up, um, there will be a really good chance I'll take a step of faith. And, and move out in what I believe God is speaking to me and what he's saying to do. Um, the first one is that gut feeling, if you want to call it that. There's this that sense inside of me, and maybe it's an excitement or it's a fear. I don't know, but there's that sense inside of me that something's happening. And, and we could call that God's, God stirring our spirit maybe. But I don't just go by that because that could be the sandwich I ate, you know, earlier in the day. It could be stirring me. And so you can't just go by a feeling, right? You can't but there's this sense. But to me, that's where it kind of starts. Um, the second one is when I begin to think God may be leading me is, is wise counsel. You know, Scripture tells us that, uh, you know, there's wisdom in the counsel of many. And, and, and wise counselors, not just anybody, I want to... I want to find people who are wise. And what do I mean by that? Well, I want to find people who, number one, and that I know that they love God, and I know that I can look at their lives, and they're pretty wise people. They're you know, not just out ruining their lives. But the other thing is I look for people who I know love me and they care about me um, because I know if they love me and they care about me, they'll be honest with me, and I want them to be honest with me. What are you really thinking here? You know, So I've got this sense. I want to listen to, to counsel. But there's a third thing, and, of course, this is the most important thing. And that's God's word. I want to have God's word on it. And so when God speaks to us, it will always follow God's word. It'll never contradict God's word. God will never tell you to do something that goes against his word. And so I always want, I want God's word on it. And so as we're going through a time in our lives in, in Florida where we're feeling God is doing something, I didn't know what it was. I, I, knew, I knew a couple things. Number one is I wasn't going to leave Florida. I was going to stay in Florida. I wanted to be a beach bum is what I wanted to be. I knew I wasn't leaving Florida, and I knew I wasn't going to start a church. And there was actually the third thing. I knew I wasn't going to senior pastor. Those are three things that I knew. I was staying in Florida. I would never senior pastor, and I wasn't started in a church. Interestingly, though, I left Florida. I started a church, and here I am now a senior pastor. So I always tell people, never tell God you won't do something. Actually, you can tell him you won't do it, but careful, because that's why now I say, God, I will never go to Hawaii. I will never plant a church in Hawaii or pastor. That's what I'll never do, God, but that's not working for me. So, so I, I, those were things I knew. However, I knew he was doing something. Um, well, through a series of circumstances, um, God began to speak to me about the mountains. And everything around me was the mountains, the mountains, the mountains. Everywhere I went, it was the mountains. To a point where um, I found out somebody uh, who had a trailer, in a camper trailer in Blairsville, Georgia. And there was a group of folks up in the area who were actually looking for a pastor. And so we ended up, through a long series of circumstances, we jumped in our, in our, uh, our car and we headed up to Georgia. And the reason that we headed up to Georgia was because of a scripture. Dr. Dan's Freedom Form will return right after this break. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Form. And now, more of the interview with Pastor Brian Serrani. 
Now, there was a lot of scripture that was coming to me and through sermons and through just different people. So I'm, I'm taking it all in, but, but God just, he spoke to me the scripture and it was out of all places, the book of Haggai, which probably most people haven't even read. And, and it was funny because when I opened it up and I was thinking, what, I couldn't even remember what Haggai was about. And I began to read Haggai and God began to speak to me. I mean, it was as if Haggai wrote this to me. And one of the things he says is this, it says in, in uh, Haggai one verse six, he says, you have much and bring in little you eat but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And then he said this, and he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. And I'm like, man, that's like the typical American. We, it's like we never have enough, you know? And I felt like that. Hey, I, ne- I, I feel like that. You work and you work and you work and do you really have anything to show for it? But there was a part of me spiritually I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have enough. I wasn't, impartially, I was in the wrong place. Not that I was in the wrong place because God had me there for the reason, but there was this moving on now that I didn't know was happening. And there was this, this want, there was this desire that was there, and I wasn't satisfied anymore spiritually. And then um, I went on to read the next verse, which completely changed my life because it says, thus says the Lord, consider your ways, which is a great challenge to all of us. Consider your ways. And then in verse 8, he said, go up to the mountains, and bring wood, and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it, and be glorified, says the Lord. And so I said, no, really, God, did you just speak to me? A part of me, I was excited. Part of me, I was, I was scared, because it just said, go up to the mountains, which for the last three, four months, that's all has been in my, my, my mind, is the mountains, and Blairsville had come into our lives. And so we finally headed up to Blairsville, and I remember seeing it, saying, okay, nice place to visit, wouldn't want to live there, um, and headed back. But then through a bunch of series of circumstances, continued that stirring within me, continued wise counsel. I had people saying, Brian, are you serious? You're, why didn't you leave yet? Are you kidding me? Look at what's happened. And, we, and I journaled through this whole process. And you could look back all the things. Um, and, then, and then, of course, this scripture. And then, of course, um, just everything was lining up. And, and, and I said, God, why do I want to go to Murphy, North Carolina? There's enough, there's enough churches in Murphy because at this point now we're looking at Murphy, not Blairsville. I'm, I'm, I'm condensing a five-part sermon series into this little bit of time here. And, if, and, and, and Dr. Dan, if anybody wants that, they can write you, and we'll get it to them for free if they want to hear the whole story, because I believe God still speaks, and he's still speaking to people today. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like, God, why does Murphy need another church? There's like a church on every corner. And the joke was, you know, here in Fort Lauderdale, what's on every corner? It's a bar. It's a strip club. It's an adult bookstore. That's what's on every corner there. Here, it's like a church, you know? And, and so they don't need another church. And then God began to speak, speak to my life, this word hope. And, um, and, and, and I really believe God shared with me, Brian, I want you to go and you're going to offer hope to this community. And not that other churches aren't doing it. You're just going to be another one. You're going to be another beacon of light uh, to be a part of what God is doing in the community. And I don't just say Murphy. I say Murphy, North Georgia, and East Tennessee, because our goal is to uh, reach out to as many people as we possibly can. And then I go beyond that and I say to the world because we want to be a church that's involved in what God is doing all over the world. And so we took a step of faith. Um, I decided um, I would – I told God – you know how you make deals with God? I made a deal with God. And I said, God, if you you get me a good job and you sell my house in Florida, but by that time the market began to crash, there was no way it was going to sell. And I felt I I was safe with that. And so so we uh, put our house on the market – and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden I got a call and I got a job and ended up working for the American Cancer Society. And I was a, a community manager for three counties. 
And so I, I, I was working for, I got that job and then I decided, well, the house didn't sell yet, but at that point, God had just, it was just way too much. It was just so clear at this point. We took that step of faith and we left our house and we came and we moved in with some people we didn't barely know. Uh, we had just met them one time, but they were from our old church, but the church was large. And so we didn't know who they were, um, but they were excited because they were excited the church was going to get started. And so we moved in with them with our two dogs. We had a lizard and my three kids and my wife and I, and uh, we took over their house there for two or three months. But it was interesting. As soon as we took that step of faith and, I, and, and it wasn't blind faith because God had been speaking. And there's a difference between somebody just said, well, I just took a step of faith when you had you had no stirring you had no counsel. You had no God's word. Don't you, you wait till you have that, and then and, and then you take that step of faith. And here's what I found is when we took that step of faith, God was right there. Um, that job was came through. Our house sold or went went on the market. We found another house here. The church began. People began to come, and really the rest is history. And 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 so I guess that's how I got here, Doctor Dan. <laughs> well, the first question, obviously, tell me about the lizard. <laughs> oh yeah we had a uh what was it called it was a the dragon not a komodo dragon not the big it was the uh, uh whatever dragon lizard and it was great it was a cool lizard but he died eventually but so we had we we brought our we had we had a menagerie with us i guess and um and the people were great they're still at our church by the way so you know we didn't we didn't scare them off you know, you talk about a leap of faith, and that's really what, really what we're talking about here. When God speaks to you, and he speaks to you in the ways that you mentioned, he was speaking to you in all those different ways, but it really took your faith, faith in God to understand that you could make the change. Right, right. Because I, you were protected in the sense that this is what God wanted you to do. Yeah, and I say, when I took that step of faith, God was right there. I look at Abraham, who we call the father of our faith. He heard an audible voice of God, and yet he still had to take a step of faith. There was still faith there, because he could have just said, is that really God? Did I really? And he could have questioned everything, and he could have just said, no, I don't want to do it. But there was still that element, even though he heard an audible voice of God, there was still that element to trust God in that and take that step of faith and do what God was calling him to do. And I think God still is calling us all to take those steps of faith. You, you might be in school. You might be at your workplace. It may be in your family. God wants you to take a step of faith to do what he's calling you to do. It may be to go across the world. I don't know. But I, I believe that, you know, when God begins to stir your heart, when you've when you're got yourself immersed in people who love you and they, they're wise and they can give you good counsel, and when you've got God's word on it, when you've got Scripture just speaking to you on that, that's when you take that step. And, and you know that God's going to be right there. Well, in Abraham's case, he was asking him to do something which would be abhorrent to everyone, to sacrifice his own son. And yeah, that absolutely. is to be able to prepare to do that on faith. That is an enormous, enormous, huge amount of faith that none of us could really even fathom how much. Yeah. But even for the leap of faith that you and your family took, that was an enormous leap as well. You, you cut all the, the anchors, anchor cords, the anchor lines to your entire life and relocated to a new location because you had faith. You had faith in God. And you let God have his own way, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I, I fought him for as long as I could. 
<laughs> and it was a good nine month period because that's because I'm I'm slow. I don't I'm not just going to jump out there and you know I want to make sure this is God. And, and absolutely, and when we did when we did take that step, there he was, and and he was there. He's he's the anchor, right? So, and that's the point. Right. Even if you cut the anchor line, you're really not because if you put your faith in God, that anchor is with you everywhere. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Brian Serrani of the Calvary Chapel Mountainside Church in Murphy. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. In everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning.